Hey there, you with the stars in your eyes. Welcome to episode 16 of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast dedicated to the Transformers as well as other toy lines from the past. You just wait and see. As always, I'm joined by a writer, photographer, and he won't break your heart, but if you give him a Godfire convoy, he might break its head. It's Maz, aka TF Square One. Guilty. Hello. How you doing? Not too bad. Thank you very much. And joining us as ever, he's a writer, he's a photographer. He's even on YouTube if you've got that. But to us, there's nobody better at putting our logo all over a pair of leggings. It's Sixo. Aye aye, that's me. And I'm Toybox Soapbox. Or as the guy who's currently reskinning my bathroom ceiling calls me, Liam. <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. Glad you got that bit in about the merch, mate. That's good uh, promotional activity yes. right there. <laughs> I don't know if this episode will be a classic, but what better way to follow up our episode about Kingdom than by chugging right back a couple of generations to where it all began in another universe called 2006. Or just a Wilco's, if you mean. Today is all about Transformers classics. Very, very nice. I was so hoping you'd find a way of getting the word Henke in there as well. <laughs> <sighs> I was waiting for it. Every every way I tried sort of lent somewhere else that I didn't think was really appropriate for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how are you both doing? Not too bad. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah. All right. All right. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> ages, honestly. Absolutely ages. <laughs> this is all we do it now. It is remarkable yeah, how much time. I've come to spend with you two now. It's ridiculous, honestly. I was I was describing someone at work the other day. I was like, there's nobody I speak to more than these two. <laughs> Just literally all day long. <laughs> it's very, very true. You know how they always say that like you spend more time with people that you work with than you do with your own family? I think the, the, the same is definitely true of people that you podcast with. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I think I see you guys more than my girlfriend now. I think that's what it's become. Even my dog's become jealous. Well, that's why she's a patron. Just to, just to get something of you. What, the dog? No, is she a patron? Is that one of them? I did yeah, think you she, meant the dog. She, she signed up too. But yeah, so our Patreon is going quite well at the minute, isn't it, guys? Uh, it's going very well, yeah. We've got tons of people on there now, which is great. So really, really nice. And uh, just done uh, another little mini-sode for that, haven't we? So that's fun. So yeah, people should check it out if they want to, indeed. At, uh, what is it? Well, pa- Patreon.com forward slash triple takeover, isn't it? That's the one. Because we've dropped a couple of mini-episodes, haven't we? We recently did an Omnibots one, which uh, Maz didn't want you to hear. I will not perpetuate this series of lies that is now spreading across social media. You should see some of the comments we get on our Patreon now. People go, oh, I'm glad you put Maz in his place. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> They're clicking their fingers and wiggling their hips. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. The thing I loved is on that episode, without giving any of the actual exclusive content away, was you trying to say, no, 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 I, I love them so much that I didn't want everyone to talk about them. Yeah, your nonsense name dropping of Omnibots in various unrelated episodes would have no way done them justice the way this absolutely crystal right. piece of yeah. recording now does the the good half hour segment that we trimmed out of the yeah. first episode that we did that was uh it wasn't that, half an hour i think it was, it was a meandering waffle at the end of in my segment. mind it was half an hour a very very good half an hour that no one will ever hear i liked his pleas in the uh in the in the mini said where he's trying to like cover his back it's like a politician you know coming out going no i didn't mean that i actually meant something totally different i love the omnibus of course i do what a load of piffle <laughs> But it's one of the best episodes we've done, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think it's my favourite mini-sode so far, no question. Yeah, same same here, same here. So yeah, so if you're not a Patreon, go and subscribe and give it a listen. And buy some leggings. <laughs> so yeah, we've also got our Redbubble up and running as well for merch, so you can check that out. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash uh, triple takeover. So do check that out as well. We've got loads of stuff on there. If people keep alluding to leggings, but there's also coasters, t-shirts, clocks, phone cases iPad cases. Sixo's butler apron. 
six hose butler apron. Yeah. Who could not want that? Loads of good merch on there. The, the apron hardest to bear. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely going on an apron. There you go. So you, you hear it here on the pod. We slap it on a t-shirt. How's that for you? Uh, also worth mentioning Merciless. that. Yeah, absolutely. Also worth mentioning that the podcast is, of course, sponsored by tfsource.com. And uh, thank you very much to them for continuing to sponsor the pod. We're very, very grateful. So do check them out at tfsource.com. We'll do a little bit about them in the kind of middle of the episode and uh, take a look at what's in stock at the moment a little bit later. But you can check them out right now for all your Transformers and third-party needs. Yeah, while you still can, while they still sponsor us, if they listen to last week's sponsor segment about oh, man. Pipe, pipe and Bone, I mean, I don't know how much longer this, this gravy train is going to roll. But <laughs> it was a very, thanks, thanks for the time being. A very serious sponsor segment. It was, it was done, you know, in complete seriousness, very professional, slick. No one will ever forget it. Professionalism was the order of the day there, I felt. Right. As is the approach to the podcast in general. <laughs> Right, on recent episodes, we've spoken a lot about this period of time, sort of 2006, 2007, so we don't really need to talk about what we were doing in this time, but it is quite important that we do talk about just a little bit that what it was like sort of for G1 at this point, because that's really where Classic sort of goes, isn't it? It takes its inspiration very heavily on modernising G1. So at this time in 2006, we had reissues and Masterpiece, obviously. We'd seen sort of like, we'd had Tech as well, which took a lot of the G1 characters, which was the first time we'd seen them come back, but they were given completely different forms that were not recognisable. They're in the same spirit, but unrecognisable, whereas this was the first time we saw G1 genuinely come back, but with a with a look forward, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember really clearly how uh, how big a deal it was. And and I've got to admit, like reading TF Wiki today, I didn't realise at all that it was the result of the 2007 movie being sort of moved back a year. Yeah. And uh, so they had to fill this period of time and they decided to do this sort of, this classics line uh, to fill that. And, and yeah, they took inspiration from G1. I uh, mentioned this on the Masterpiece episode. I remember being at Memorabilia in the UK, uh, a collector's show for Transformers and loads of other brands. And the classics that came out uh, during that period of time were the big seller. Like MP4 was sitting on tables, not selling. and But classics, Prime, Megatron, flying. And I remember I had to, you know, leave the table I was working behind and go and buy a set for myself just to make sure I had the ones I wanted because I knew they weren't going to the last the first day of the show it's such a different experience now isn't it where we're so used to seeing all those characters in new forms or they're always on mm. shelves like even if you look at something like cyberverse it's very g1 homage isn't it and it's, it's just normal now whereas back then yep. seeing something like that for the first time in a shop was just incredible like wow it's so different you didn't know what to expect until you actually took it out of the package because it was so new and different yeah man we got prime as a flat nose truck we had megatron as a gun Let's not forget, Megatron was a gun in a mainline toy. Yeah. Uh, we had Bumblebee as a small, compact yellow hatchback. We had Starscream as like an F-15 style jet. Mirage as an F-1 car. It was, yes, basically G1-derived mainline toys. Because that's, that's the spirit of it, isn't it, really? Because mm. it started, was it from a design sketch of Mirage? So was that, that was the first one, wasn't it? I don't know. Definitely we'll talk about the designer of Mirage later, though. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's, I think it... I'm sure he said that that's what he did. It was he did that for Hasbro, and then when the movie like was pushed back, that's how it then sprung into a whole line. So would that would that have been Alex Kubelski then? That's yeah, the I believe Classics that. Marsh. and Classics Bumblebee. Him and Eric Cipanala, ah. who did a lot of uh, animated as well. Oh really? 
God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you've said it now. Yeah, I've said it now, yeah. Maybe you've created an internet myth. I must admit, so I'm going to lay my cards on the table here and say that this is a line and... I was going to say an era, but not so much an era because, of course, I had been collecting vinyl tech. But at this point, um, you know, post vinyl tech, I really kind of took a bit of a dive out from collecting actually, and just did masterpiece for for a good long while. And so, classics for me was was not something I picked up at the time. I'm not particularly familiar with it. So, if anything, we've kind of got the the flip of the Beast Wars episode here with you two quite clued up and me uh, me there, kind of you know, a bit in the dark. Um, which now that I say it out loud, kind of makes me want to sit here the whole time, uh, kind of guffawing wildly whilst uh, you two are dropping the facts. You know, maybe I'll sit here being like, "Oh, men in car, what's that about?" <laughs> You're assuming we have any facts? Yeah. Oh, he transforms into a plane, does he? <laughs> You're the professional one. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Okay, that's a that's a nice reputation to have. But um, but. What I was going to say was that I, yeah, reading about it, I was surprised as well, like you, Maz, that it was all to do with the movie being dropped back a year. So I guess they must have had these designs cooking anyway or on hand because it seems very uh, short lead time for them to just drop a whole like year of toys. Quite a small year and quite a, a light line, isn't it? But Definitely. That they were yeah. just ready to roll with that, you know, with the new Optimus and new, you know, all of these cool designs. Really nice designs as well from what I've mm. seen of them. And obviously quite... I, I, my perception from the kind of outside in is that they're still very well thought of today, like still very oh, celebrated yeah. designs. They're the birth of what we now call the Generations line, right? It's the birth of yeah. Chug as as a scale, as a concept of established characters being released in mainline taking great uh inspiration from past history but if you this is the thing i I had to photograph um a fans project kit for the classics prime some years ago and after years of generations you know evolving and you know rid 2015 you know if you remember what those toys feel like how hollow they are and light they are then I had to suddenly go back to Classics Prime and hold that figure in hand. You're like, oh my goodness, this is a lot of toy. Heavy, dense, strong, sturdy, robust. It was like, whoa, <laughs> this was a mainline toy. And uh, yeah, it's super impressive to now handle a toy from that era, uh, compare it to today's generations in that respect. It's it's very of that era as well, isn't it? Because we're st- that's still the Unicron trilogy time, isn't it? Because because that's where Classics was meant to fit, wasn't it? It was meant to follow up after straight after Cybertron. That was the last one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's how that's where it went. So it filled the gap between that and the movie. That's what ended up it ended up being. But you go back to those toys with all the Unicron, and there's so much plastic in them, isn't there? They're very heavy, and there's yeah, lots of features and stuff. And you see that in Classics as well. Like the toy line, it's not a consistent one at all. It's the only thing that's consistent is how everything is different because you've got so many different types of transformers in there it's not like now where you had sort of the triple changers of their own line maybe or headmasters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. it's not a theme because you've got a triple changer in there you've got cars you've got a cone head you've a got Dinobot. a dinobot yeah yeah you've Mini got bots. jetfire who's covered in all sorts of spring-loaded stuff yeah. whereas nobody else is and that's, that's what i mean is lots of every figure in there other than cliff jumper for example they all feel very different yeah i'm I don't think anyone imagined at the time that when they released this, what is a relatively small run of figures between 2006 and 2007, that I think it kind of came to be known as classics. And like the first few that got released didn't say classics on the packaging, but they were referred to like on Hasbro's website as classics and they became known as classics. I don't think anyone realized this was going to be 
become a decade and a half long running subset of the Transformers franchise, which gets, you know, reimagined every few years. And, you know, everything we're getting now in terms of Kingdom and Studio Series kind of fits into the overall theme and concept of this toy line from back then, right? Yeah, it sort of, I don't think people appreciate it, it sort of took that sort of collecting niche away almost and made it more mainstream because it's this is where it becomes now because they're more affordable and when you look at social media now everybody is mostly talking about generations aren't this but that's this is the toy line everybody hangs on isn't this one where it gets all of the headlines when something's revealed people are watching live streams waiting to find out what's revealed and stuff and you didn't have this back then but that's what it's turned into and so this is where it comes from like i remember the first time i saw it i saw it in a wilco's and i was picking up like the odd binal tech or alternator or occasional unicorn trilogy toy and reissues and stuff but i wasn't i wouldn't call myself a collector or i wasn't buying many i was buying like one here something mm. there this was different the first time i saw it i just walked through and i had no idea they even existed because i'd not seen them online because i wasn't really looking online at that time of transformers fandom and stuff so i was just walking around with my girlfriend buying stuff for my house and i just saw them on the shelf and i was like oh my god i thought like, that looks like an old star scream and went over and had a look and then it's like this whole toy line was there because it was the first wave. And so the, mm-hmm. I, I left with the uh, Starscream. And I think I told this story before. My girlfriend tells it now that when I was at the till, I was saying to the lady, I was like, oh, I'm buying this for my nephew who doesn't exist. <laughs> but um, I got home and I was so enamored with it because I didn't live far away. I walked straight back and picked up Grimlock. <laughs> and then for every day for the next few days, I went back in, I picked up Astro Train and then mm. just ended up with them all. It was just such a weird sight seeing these things because... Seeing Dinobots again was such so surprising because you hadn't seen them and mm-hmm. stuff stuff like that. Seeing Starscream in his Generation One incarnation, but not as a G One toy or a masterpiece even at that point. Yeah, I, interesting. Like for someone like Sixo, I mean, why would you have not been attracted to picking up those toys at the time? So like Vinyl Tech, we get the masterpiece, understandable, vintage, understandable. This was like a whole new sphere of it wasn't particularly mainline like i didn't see it the same as unicron trilogy or beast wars or you know rid didn't see it as mainline like that it seemed like collector aimed but at a certain price point and complexity so what was it that didn't appeal to you about it at the time do you think i don't even think it was that i don't think you think it was that there was something about it that didn't appeal i just think it didn't really it, it, I didn't even really look at it to, for it to not appeal, if that makes sense. I didn't even look at it and make a sort of valued assessment of like, no, this is not for me. I just didn't really look at it. Uh, I think I'd done Vinyl Tech and that was sort of on the way out. So I don't know. I think it, I remember seeing pictures of it coming up, you know, of, of the Megatron and things like that and thinking, well, okay, that's different. You know, he's a gun again. That's cool. Um, but it just never really registered on my radar. And I think by that point, I, I had got firmly into masterpiece uh you know i mean what 2006 we'd have been talking around the time that skywalk was out and and starscream and those guys so you know and i think at some point i just went that's that's where i want to go that's it for me Mm. and and for the longest time all i collected was was masterpiece and that was fine and and that wasn't really till the kind of post mp10 era of masterpiece that i sort of thought okay maybe i'll start to branch out a little bit more but there would have been so much more to branch out to by that point, wouldn't there? Well, yeah, I mean, there was. Imagine imagine today's collecting world without the Generations dynasty. Like, imagine if that just wasn't a thing. It would be mad. It would, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, I can I can certainly appreciate it from afar. I suppose the, the real testament for me 
looking at it again outside in is that when I sat down to read about this line a bit, because I'll be honest, I'm not the most knowledgeable about it. I, I, I suppose at firstly, I was surprised by how small the initial line is, because mm-hmm. in my head, it was this huge thing. When you guys were like, let's do an episode on classics. I was like, mm. whoa, okay, that's like a lot of yeah. toys, presumably, that I don't know about. But actually, I was really surprised when I sat down and looked at it. I was like, okay, this is like a really, really small line to begin with. Anyway, obviously, it kind of mushrooms, uh, as you said, with Chug later on and everything. So that was that was a thing. But also, what really struck me going through each of the designs, each of the toys, uh, you know, Jetfire, Mirage, Optimus, Megatron, uh, Starscream, all of these toys are, <laughs> forgive the pun, but classics. Because And I can mm-hmm. see that even though I don't know the toys, just purely based on their reputation. I can't tell you how many times people have talked to me about that Jetfire toy online, that Mirage toy, that Optimus toy. That Starscream toy. They're, they're legendary releases. I can appreciate that. And I guess what really struck me, you know, even the Grimlock and stuff like that, what really struck me was what a hit rate it's got in terms of a small line. You know, mm. how how much each toy now is revered uh, in the fandom. And um, yeah, I think that, that, I suppose that comes back to my earlier statement of it seems strange to me to think that they just had cranked this out almost at a short notice period. You know, they were like, oh, okay, we're going to delay the movie, so we need some new toys. What are we going to put out then? They must have had these designs being worked on yeah, for I them to so. be that successful and that long-lasting. Uh, you know, I mean, even to the point now where, like, the Earthrise Starscream is still kind of a, a very clear uh, take, Descendant isn't it? On, it. On yeah, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Totally. totally. You know, you, you don't come up with definitive toys like that in in a on a whim, do you? You end up with stuff like MP5 normally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you're like given 12, 12 days to do it. So uh, it just strikes me that I, I don't know what the original plan for, for it was when, when the movie was going to be out in 2006, but they must have had a plan. It does feel like just a, very much a line of convenience, isn't it? Because it does fit in that gap. And when you read about it, that's what they do say. That's why it exists is purely because the movie got pushed back. And if you go through the other classes, there's a lot of toys thrown in from other places mm-hmm. that right. that aren't intended for classics. So Correct. when you do actually think about the toys that are classic space, it is really small. The only ones that are very yeah. specific to it. Was it like 12 to 15? Something like that? 12 to 15 figures? Over a space of like 12 months? Like uh, 2006 and 2007? If you take out as well the, the, the Legends and the Minicons, you know, mm. the actual retail releases, I'm just totting them up now, you're looking at, uh, what's that, 8, 9, 10, 11 toys. Does that include like the two-packs? No, that's, so that's not including the two-packs. That's not including the 20th anniversary DVD edition Optimus Prime, the Masterpiece toy. You know, that's not including those. But no, I'm, I'm talking about just literally the Deluxe and Voyager releases. Um, you know, just those. You're talking about 11 toys, uh, which is mad because those... And I guess it's those 11 toys that I'm really talking about when I talk about those, yeah. Uh, yeah. those long-lasting, highly thought-of designs that have stood the test of time. Still very much in people's collections. Yeah, 100%. You, you see them all the time. You see a lot of people, mm. even now, maybe, you know, people that don't like the latest, you know, uh, War for Cybertron, whichever character, they've still got that version of Mirage in their collection or yeah. that version of Bumblebee or Rodimus or whichever it is, you know? I, I'm not sure there's been a better version of a generation's Mirage than that first Classics Mirage. No, he's still... Like I sold mine recently, and it was painful getting letting it go, because 
even just picking it up, it's so nice and it's so different from anything oh, else. Yeah, it's um, it is the definition of reimagining a classic. Yeah, he's so sleek. Yeah, it's a wonderful toy. Truly gorgeous in both modes. Do you know? Um, I just had a thought. If you think of things like the, you know, in the US, they get these hallmark ornaments for Christmas trees and things like that, and every year it's a really iconic Transformers toy. And we've got this very uh, dedicated cast of what we call now iconic Transformers A-listers, like Optimus Prime, Megatron, Starscream, Bumblebee, Grimlock. And I think Classics was the first time where these characters were grouped together as the representative Transformers yeah. in terms of iconography. Like before that, we'd had Tech, That was all over the shop. Then, you know, G1 reissues, G1 is G1. Beast Wars is something else. Unicorn Trilogy was something new. R.I.D. was its own thing. This was the first time in 2006 when we had like Transformers celebrities almost, like Optimus Prime, you remember him. Bumblebee, he's a big dude. Well, not a big dude. It's Bumblebee coming back before the movie as well, yes, which is not something right. we ever... That, like when we talk about the movie episode, we're always like, this is where Bumblebee came back because that's where we were first reintroduced when we knew he was coming in the movie before we'd probably... It must have been before... Well, it would have been before I saw this toy. So mm-hmm. seeing a Bumblebee again for the first time, in a shop, I, was, I remember being like, whoa, really surprised. It, it definitely was that. Actually, one thing I was going to say, and this is again a kind of outward-in observation, was that I think it's fascinating, actually, this little line that has done, as you said, it's still kind of had such a legacy since then and everything it's done, but also for what it kind of ushered into the the franchise. Because I was thinking about it. Um, I, I didn't check dates. I didn't look it up, anything. So this is purely just going you know, off the top of my head. I'm assuming this is the first mass release retail Grimlock since the original design. Oh, is there not one in the Unicron trilogy? There's one, isn't there, where he combines with a swoop. I'm I'm going to confess that you know I, again I'm just I'm I'm sort of only going uh you know off kind of cursory knowledge and what have you here but you know even if not Grimlock just look at some of those toys some of those characters yeah. this is really the first time they're being introduced even Optimus actually if you think about it you know yep. he'd had he'd been in uh, Binal Tech and he'd had an mm. Alternators toy although actually I don't think it would have been out in 2006 the Alternators toy I'd need to double check but you know regardless even whether it has or not uh, you know obviously he'd had a masterpiece figure. And 20th anniversary, mm. fine. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, uh, he'd been in Unicron Trilogy, of course. But this mm-hmm. was really like, you know, as you said, classic truck Optimus at retail right. mainline yeah. toy for the first time really since the the 90s, I guess. No, because with Generation 2. Because right. in, in Unicron Trilogy, he's, yeah, all right, you had trucks and things like this, but it wasn't classic Optimus so much or it was a fire truck or, you know, whatever it was. So... I don't know. A chicken. It, it, exactly. A shoe, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that came later. But uh, don't at me. But uh, I don't know. It, it just struck me. You've got to be so careful on these damn podcasts, don't you, to say the right thing. Honestly, you slip up slightly and you just know that someone's going to be like, oh, there it is. Do you know what I mean? You, you didn't check the wiki on that one. Uh, so, yeah, you've got to get your facts straight for sure. Uh, but you know we're not we're not as much as we might know a bit about this. I, I'm not an expert in this area at all, so I'm definitely going to make some mistakes. No, I, I feel like we're kind of remembering things as we're going and sort of exactly. realizing the significance of this toyline. Bumblebee as a yellow minibot again. Yeah. Astro Train, Astro Train as a triple changing yeah. train shuttle and robot again. First time. This is where it happened again. First, it was the first revisiting. Megatron as a gun, as you said. I, I yeah. think that's that's huge. You know, a Nerf gun. <laughs> yeah, as a big. All right, is a Nerf gun, and all right, they were different. But I think honestly, I think this uh, line, this one line, 
bearing in mind it's pre-movie as well. So, mm. you know, I, I guess you always think, don't you, that the, the movie, as we talked about in that episode, kind of ushered in this era era, era that allowed uh, the kind of classic generations to come back, but actually it already happened. Yeah, and it's, I think it's important that you sort of talk about a little bit, like you were touching on it then, is that this line smashed a lot of preconceptions that people had. Like, you would often hear, like, they'll never do Bumblebee again because they can't get the trademark. Suddenly, there's Bumblebee. It'll be like, you'll never see Starscream as a F-15 again at retail. There he is. And there's a lot of that. Like, you'll never see triple changes again. It was like later on in the Unicron tree, wasn't it? There was, there was always that thing, you'll never see the G1-style combiners again because they're too expensive to have their own unique moulds. Then Combiner Wars comes along and does a lot of repaints, but you start getting all these things again. And it's it's here that I remember it most keenly that everything seemed to suddenly be on the table again. Like mm. it was because at that point it felt very much like G1 was gone, like long gone as, as a mainline toy line. It was mm. just as a collector thing, sort of a masterpiece and occasional and reissues and stuff. And it was because we were at that point, we were only getting new toy lines, weren't we? Like Armada, Energon, RID. It was always different takes. You see, you say, I guess you say that, but I, w- I was just thinking, actually, what is interesting is that obviously in uh, Energon especially, there'd been a huge amount of G1 homage in there. You know, the fact that they'd done the combiners, you know, they'd done a Devastator, they'd done a Bruticus, they'd done a Superion. Uh, you know, there was a lot of nods in there, wasn't there? You know, things like they'd done a wheeljack but called it downshift. And, uh, you know, but they, they'd done a lot of the kind of played towards, because it was the anniversary of the line, wasn't it? And it all kind of played towards um, a, a hint, if you will, of G1 nostalgia. Even though it wasn't, it was still something new, it still felt like, you know, because there was a Rodimus as well and things like that. Oh, yeah. God, we just left that one out, didn't we? <laughs> well, right. So, you know, actually, although, yes, Classics was a return to G1 form, you could argue that it's it's an evolution from the Unicron trilogy as well in many ways. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's it's always tempting to see the UT as something kind of separate, that it was just like that, you know, little block of time where it was like, this is unrelated to anything else in Transformers. But actually, yeah. I think you maybe Good it's point. not that. Maybe maybe they were already kind of thinking, you know, based on Energon, oh, we've had some success with this, actually. We've, we've thrown in a load of nods to the original series and maybe it's time for a bit of a resurgence. I don't know. Well, didn't we even have like an Armada? You had an Armada Starscream and then you had an Armada Skywarp. And, uh, you know, these repaints based on that original mold were coming out in, you know, remotely G1 based colours again. Is that correct? Yeah, there was in Armada, yeah, there was an, well, there was Armada Starscream, um, you know, obviously it was kind of red and blue and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, there was a, a kind of Thundercracker version. Um, although in the Japanese version, it was just Starscream again. Um, and then they did do a Hasbro version of Skywarp later on, which I really need to track down one of these days. Um, but that kind of came a bit later. Um, so yeah, the, the, the nods were there. Uh, you know, the, the, it wasn't, I think it's what you were saying, Maz, about alternators. It was kind of all over the shop. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't as concentrated, but I don't know. I, I remember seeing Energon, the cartoon and thinking, wow, they've done a, they've done a, a new set of constructor cons. That's like, a bit mad you know they've actually kind of referenced something that i loved as as a kid you know and and i guess in many ways classics was kind of the the ultimate uh level of that wasn't it they were just kind of really swinging into it yeah but with those earlier ones they they're very much nods and the winks and the references to those characters whereas this was this felt like those characters that was very oh, much the idea yeah, of these lines this, definitely. this felt like those it was like the orbits and septicons had woken up in 2006 rather than 84 but it's those characters whereas those ones always felt like i don't know even the one that 
downshift that looks like Wheeljack. You can tell it's very much based on Wheeljack, but it's a it is a different character and it's in a different show. And those toy lines are always yeah. intended to be something else. This was the first time where it really felt like a a kid's oh, sort of a kid's toy line. A main toy line, should I say, was really going back specifically very specifically for G1 because like you say there the other ones they're all spread throughout and a lot of the time it was just like the occasional recolor to spark a little bit of nostalgia it was like oh that's like this old thing but with this it was very focused on that yeah 100% I think Energon was all winks and nods and subtle references well not so subtle but you know and still it was (laughs) it it wasn't as you said it wasn't classic G1 Transformers it was kind of its own thing even though there was a heavy heavy homage yeah uh, for a lot of it whereas this yeah this was classic transformers in new form so yes they are distinct for sure yeah because i mean g1 had felt like it was gone whereas now it encompasses pretty much everything it is almost the main thing still in transformers isn't it is still the the g1 sort of spirit just Hmm. consumes pretty much every toy line whereas back then it was like wow it's actually it felt new and fresh again. And so that's what that was the thing with these toys. The first time you saw them, they felt nostalgic and familiar, but at the same time, brand new. Because it was like you were seeing, like, wow, a Starscream with knees and stuff like that. That's, ex- that's it, exactly. It was those style of designs with articulation. Yeah. And that was different. Because also, you know, I, I remember the, the Starscream transformation and the whole plugging those uh, null rays into his arms and then under the wings again. And then Ramjet being actually released as an as a cone head yeah. as a deliberately molded cone head that's got to be the first time that happened right yeah and with the unique little head as well wasn't it the different yep. the, the way that it transformed was yes. that was incredible i remember seeing those in the range that was the first time i saw a ramjet was in the mm. range and i was always quite fascinated because in them times you didn't even really think about g1 accuracy you'd see it it's like starscream got a different deco hasn't he yeah that's but right. it was just like wow it's classic starscream if he was now and it was the blue different- and the red sort of yeah. Almost a red arrow style design on, on the jet, yeah. Yeah, and like Ramjet had all that extra stuff on the back, didn't Correct. he? It was just Yeah, yeah. A lot of gold as well. Yeah. Like gold colouring on him. And then of course Bumblebee had the like a deco on him. He had like white on on the back of him and Prime had very different silver kind of things. And and it was just it's hilarious, isn't it, that even at that point they simply couldn't resist taking that prime mold, making it white with Magnus and getting Starscream and changing it to Skywalker. So couldn't resist. <laughs> they had to do it. That's it, because it because it the Masterpiece had already been out by then, hadn't it? Must have been. Ultra Magnus. Two thousand and six we would have had Masterpiece Magnus, yeah. yeah. MP two would have had it. So yeah, it's really solidifying that idea of We are doing this again everyone. Yeah. yeah. No no trailer. He is just a uh... But they did. Yeah. There was some talk that they were going to do a trailer with it, weren't they? Wasn't there? The classics Magnus originally that it was planned and they decided not to. My lasting memory of that mold is removing the top of the truck mode and folding that into its really mad, massive gun, yeah. and then taking the smokestacks and unpegging them and folding them over into a seriously cool-looking hand weapon as well. That's my abiding memory of that mold, and it's still a very pleasant memory. It's always my favourite memory of that mould is that gun that turns into the smokestacks because oh, it's just so so clever. I love it because it still looks like smokestacks on the back from a distance. It's not one where it's you know you look at it and go that's clearly a giant gun stuck on his shoulder there, mm-hmm. and it was it was always cool. I like that and I like trying to fudge it, stick it on the back to make it look like he's got smokestacks over his shoulder. <laughs> was that a bit of shade being cast on <laughs> Powermaster Prime? There? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So can I make a can I make a casual observation on this toy on this Optimus? Because yeah. I'm I'm you know looking at a picture of it here now, and I'm just kind of thinking of what you were saying a second ago, uh, Maz, whenever it was about you know in comparison to today's mainline you know generations toys. And I've got to say, I'm looking at this thing, and it's funny because I suppose my memory of this toy and of these classics toys at the time was of them looking distinctly more well mainline i guess versus what i was collecting at the time you know versus masterpiece or whatever so uh, but looking at it now i've got to be honest there's numerous things about that that i think are, are very very impressive so firstly is it, is it well it's covered in paint there's absolutely tons yeah. of paint applications all yeah. over the thing which you don't really see much these days so i mean the yellow on things like the the crutch and the knees and on his arms and just everywhere on his head crest that would just be unpainted now i think if i'm you know again this is not i'm not like trying to sit here and be all you know dissing modern toys and things like that. that's not the plan but it's it just strikes me as very obvious when you look at it the other thing is that there's molded um sections around the translucent plastic so what you know like whereas now to get the the translucent plastic in the the windscreen that whole section would just be entirely molded, wouldn't it, in translucent plastic and then painted? Whereas there, mm. they've actually got translucent plastic dropped into solid plastic, right. um, a bit like R.I.D. Magnus. Yeah, exactly like that. And you can see it on the shoulders as well and on the chest. It looks fantastic and uh, fantastic plastic. And uh, I, I just think, wow, that is really very striking oh, to me. I actually, can feel it happening again. This thing that happens in every episode we do, we start enthusing about these toys from the past. And I'm just like, I need that toy again. I'm just looking at pictures that I've been thinking about Classics Prime ever since we started Ooh, this. And here we go. I've, I've got to have it. I've, I'm just looking at the photos. Like, how good does that truck mode look in that Classics box? You'd see great. that today, and you'd be like, Oh man, that is that would own the shelf at retail today. Looking at the way really it does good. with the flames in the background of the packaging. And yeah, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. I really regret really, really sell- selling my Henke version. We'll talk oh. about those later, but I sold it to a friend called Rob at work. Hi, Rob. He listens to the show sometimes. But um, I feel really like jealous of him for having that toy now that I sold to him. <laughs> well, I, th- I think Sixo's analysis of it is, is such a key thing. I think I don't think we had that appreciation of those toys at that time. The way that looking back now and the way you're describing it and the way I feel about looking back at it now that I have. I mean, um, that it didn't have ankle tilts that prime, did it? Yeah. yeah. Which with that sort of stuff was it was a was it a big deal at the time? It was in some ways. Like I remember thinking, oh, this toy or that toy doesn't have ankle tilt. And actually looking back now, it's such a silly complaint. You know, it's like right. But to be honest, I feel the same way about a lot of Armada designs as well. You know, it's like I remember loads of people complaining about Armada Megatron because it doesn't have knee bend. And Mm. now when you hold that toy in your hand and appreciate it for what it is, how solid it is, how chunky it is, how many gimmicks it has, how beautifully painted it is. And sculpted. And sculpted. It's gorgeous. At no point am I sitting there thinking, man, the knees don't bend. It's It sucks. You know, that doesn't even enter my brain. JRX? JRX doesn't have ankle tilts. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? It, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't. It, it's not an impediment to enjoyment. It's it's a it's a very minor nitpick. Yes, it would be nice if it did it. It doesn't. You you quickly get over it and start appreciating everything else going on with it. And I guess I'm just looking at classic classics Optimus now through the same lens that I've been recently appreciating a lot of UT toys for you know for mm. the first time and and. I suppose these toys that at the time I just skipped over, didn't really pay much attention to, and now I'm kind of 
actively going back and looking at and i'm thinking yeah no i i would i would pick up that classics prime and and see what it's about for sure i mean it wasn't that long ago where as an exclusive there was a fire guts god jinrai version of it was it It wasn't that long ago surely no this to- this mold was still coming out in i think it was the age of extinction toy line was it in one of those yeah, you had that prime next to um what was the? It was the evasion mode Optimus Prime, wasn't it? You had yeah, that Optimus Prime from one. Age of Extinction with with the Classics Prime. It was Mad. really showing its age at that point, though. Like when they got to that one, they'd they toned down a lot of the stuff, like the paint and stuff. It looked mm. really flimsy. But that that toy, and then there's such a you touched on it then as well. There was such a different way of looking at it. You know, if you go back to that time, we hadn't had like G1 toys of articulation stuff. So when you looked at that, one of the natural things as well, you'd think like, oh man, imagine getting an actual G1 truck that could do this and that stuff as well. Whereas when we look back now, we've had so many of them, you look back fondly on it differently. You're like, wow, it's so different and new compared to mm. everything we're so used to seeing. So it's really funny being able to sort of go back and how you viewed stuff from one mm. way and then how you view it looking back now. I remember one of the complaints at the time about Megatron and Prime now thinking back, it wasn't the ankle tilt, it was the kibble. So Prime's kibble on the arms, the, the yeah. folded panels, that was, um, and I remember me looking at that thinking, that's that's weird, you know, <laughs> and this is coming off vinyl tech. Like, what, it was always modded, wasn't it? To talk, talk about, yeah. yeah, there were loads of mods for that. Like, I'm just looking at pictures of hands and feet which have modded with ankle tilts yeah. on them now. But yeah, I think the the kibble was was something that was complained about for years. I remember people like you'd see it constantly. People would take the the door the things off the forearms and they'd put them on the back and they were always coming up with new slightly improved ways you know just to refine it and that went on for years and years and years i've got to be honest though i'm I'm looking at it now again through fresh eyes i really don't mind that kibble at all i don't think it's that bad so far from being a big deal yeah it's just kind of i don't know it's a bit stylized if anything and Hmm. yeah i'm sure i'm sure there are ways of you know hiding it away or doing something different with it or whatever but if anything it's a choice isn't it whoever designed it and i don't know who designed it but whoever did they made a choice to have it there. I'm sure they could have done something different with it, but they didn't. It is what it is, and I think it looks good. Yeah, I think it, it does. Though that's that's the thing. As a toy, it looks great. But I think from the point of view of that time, people were always trying to refine things to the ideal, but you know that sort of perfect looking robot, the cleanest yeah. it could be. Whereas now we get so many toys that do that already. I think something like this now it'd be, it's different. I think it'd be viewed very differently. Whereas then people were taking it as a challenge to get to that perfect Optimus Prime, that perfect, this version of a character. Whereas now we're so serviced for those, it's by the by. That's really interesting to me. I think that's what you've hit on there. I think that's absolutely fascinating because I think, you know, we've talked about it in previous episodes about kind of looking back at different eras and how different it feels. You know, we we did that with Vinyl Tech. We did it a bit with Early Masterpiece. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll continue to do it as well. It's probably going to be a bit of a running theme, isn't it? It's, it's inevitable, I guess, when you look back at a different time. But it just really says something about kind of where we're at now with this kind of wealth of choice and options. And, you know, especially with all the history, you know, if you don't like the newest Starscream toy, well, there's another one out next year, or there's like another 15 of them that have been released in the years prior. So take your pick really isn't it and uh whereas back then i don't know you you weren't as serviced for all of these things so i but it's interesting that people were still nitpicking it at the time for some of these things but maybe not appreciating some of the stuff at the time that was right about it that looking back now you know some of the the modern toys don't necessarily have no i'm looking at that line just that short run of what is it 11 to 12 figures we said 
Um, yeah. And I see a lot of exciting stuff there. I've never owned the Bumblebee or the Grimlock. I'm just thinking, what a cool experience is just sitting there waiting if I want to go and explore those toys now. You've never had that Grimlock toy? No, never had the Grimlock toy. Never had the Bumblebee. Even though I went to BotCon 2007 and got the exclusive Bug Bite in the box set, I, I sold that box set so quickly, I never even transformed the Bumblebee. See, the, what you call it, the Grimlock, one of the things that took me straight to it is, you remember my classic complaint about Beast Wars was always the Megatron doesn't look like an aggressive T-Rex or whatever. It's mm-hmm. still got that kind of lumbering style. And one of the things that appealed to me straight away looking at this was how sleek and sort of he looks so vicious and angry, like a completely different take on Grimlock. Like it's not G1 accurate, or it's something. Compl- it's its own thing, and it's mm. it's a really nice toy. It get uh, that gets a lot of grief, but I think that again, it's very backward facing. Whereas it doesn't have this. It the engineering doesn't do this, and mm. things that you appreciate on modern toys, it doesn't have that kind of articulation. But back then, when I got it, I thought he was fantastic, and you know he's got his little. Like they've all got spring-loaded weapons and stuff, haven't they? And there's, it does a cool thing where a chest, that whole panel swivels round and stuff, and it's just. Very interesting. It looks great to me. So that period of time, I remember, if it was today, I would probably have bought the entire first wave just to experience them. But I recall cherry-picking what I would buy from even that first wave. I mean, if, if I'd known the whole thing was going to be 11 or 12 moulds, looking back, probably would have picked every single one of them up. But I cherry-picked specifically, I want Mirage, I want Starscream, I want Prime and Jetfire and Ramjet and those, and then Astrotrain. That was, that was very me in terms of yeah. what I collected. But I can't believe, looking back now, that there were ones where I just skipped. And I think it was because exactly what you say, the way that that line was perceived, it didn't feel groundbreaking. It didn't feel like it was the beginning of a dynasty. It didn't feel like a new whole, I don't know, echelon of Transformers (laughs) product was being born that was going to last 15 years until 15 years old. And these basically like vintage generations toys is, is what they are. But 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 they are they are the start of the generation toys. But there's the start of it's amazing because it's it's not that looked back on and it's not fondly so to speak. But it's not talked about as much as it should be almost because you look at every toy line now and it's very G one inspired and it almost feels like it's bled out from here. This whole as it's expanded through the different iterations that have followed, they're all still following that same path up until the sort of later ones now where they've become more and more accurate but it always feels like it's been traveling that path and everything seems to have spread from there because now cyberverse is like that and everything just it's very evergreen now isn't it i think that's what sort of transformers has become it's become an evergreen franchise which is why you constantly see those same characters recycled because they are now so iconic and signature characters so classics were the pioneers of not pioneering anymore (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where it all started, man. That's it. All this talk now of like, oh, it's G1 again. Do you know what I mean? It's it's where it all began, definitely. But do you know what's interesting for me is that I think um, all of this stuff takes its place in history, doesn't it? Because it's it's kind of easy at the time, you know, when it comes out, it's just toys, whatever. But the the kind of interest factor is seeing how stuff evolves. And I think you know, there's a there's a real tendency now to look at new toys and dismiss the old sometimes you know so like there's a new 
Starscream or there's a new Hot Rod, Studio Series Hot Rod, whatever. And to think these are the definitive versions of these toys, we'll never get anything better. You know, that's that. But actually, history tells us that it'll continue to evolve. You know, we'll continue to get new versions, whatever. And I think when you look back at some of these older designs and you see their place in history, I mean, you you couldn't have gone from the end of G1 or G2 straight to something like Studio Series, for example. That just wouldn't have happened. You couldn't have skipped those decades in between of evolution of toy design, character design, you know, the, the way that the franchise has evolved, the way that different characters have taken the limelight and everything else. It, it's all in there somewhere. But I think for me, it's looking at some of these older designs almost retrospectively and thinking that's, that's a, that's of its time. You know, it's, it's, as you said, it's almost vintage, even though it's not quite mm-hmm. achieved that status yet, technically speaking. It's, it, you know, you can see how it kind of lines up just by looking at the, the kind of overall evolution of the franchise. I find it fascinating. You know, I'm just thinking to why it didn't achieve almost hero status. And I just think, like, if you think about Classics Prime, it came out at a time where we already had reissue G1 Prime multiples, and then we had Masterpiece G1 Prime. So it's almost like it was unfair for it to come out at that period of time when that stuff was already on the market, pulling on all the nostalgia and fantasy strings of G1 fans and collectors, this might have been like, well, there's already stuff that looks way much, way more like G1 Prime than that does, and it's got ankle tilts, and it's got die cast and stuff. I could buy Vintage, or I could buy Masterpiece. Why am I going to go and buy that at Mainline? I think there are two really good reasons for that. I think one is it's such a small line, it's almost, you blink and you miss it. And even though it was at retail, I don't think it, it wasn't everywhere. I only really saw it in Wilco's and I think Toys oh, But I remember people talking about it. Loads, I remember that they were super hot because when they were new, they were super hot. Everybody wanted them. G1 collectors wanted them. But it's almost like, yeah, in history, it's remembered differently in a way. Yeah, but there's also that. And it's like we were talking about with Vinyl Tech. There's the movie effect as well at the same time. Right. L- literally comes out and changes everything and it overshadows everything when this line was just not dying but it was cut off anyway because it wasn't intended to go that long so it it's such a short small line it's like when we were talking about vinyl tech doesn't get the love that it deserves and again it's because it's it's not a long one they've they're so small and people move on don't they to other stuff and Mm. everything that comes after this it doesn't overshadow it but it takes everything from this and just accelerates it and that's where people then come into it or they it takes on this different life and there's almost like a different meaning to it as it goes on. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it's not quite as funny to remember because people look back at it and they see, like Sixo was saying about the evolution of like the engineering and the designs and stuff, and people look at where it's now and I think there's a temptation to look at those old toys and go, they were just getting to this point. Right. So those toys don't stand on their own merits when they should and they absolutely do. But there's a temptation to look at it like it's a word we've always talked about people use constantly which is upgrade and so every time there's yeah. a new version of a character people just go instantly go it's, even if they thought this was the best toy in the world they go oh i'm getting rid of this garbage now because it's garbage compared to this new version that's trash sl- yeah and that's what i mean there's this perception <laughs> shifts and i think that's what happened to classics is the perception shifted so quickly because the movie appeared masterpiece was starting to pick up and they were servicing different parts and it was pulling it away but then universe came in and filled mm-hmm. that gap afterwards and took it in another another few steps forward and then it just went from there so i think there's these different factors why this one just starts to get lost in the shuffle so to speak it's like rid you remember for ages 
RID was the forgotten one, and it's because the Unicron mm-hmm. trilogy came and was massive straight afterwards, and people just kind of looked back at RID and went, eh, it's a bit of a filler line with lots of other random stuff in it. And yeah, maybe now that's the perception, yeah. But yeah. I, again, like I remember sitting in BotCon in the, in the Hasbro panel and then revealing the next series of this type of toy, including the prototype Octane. Do you remember what that looked like? Yeah. And and that ilk of toy that was... That's Universe uh, as well, though. That was Universe. Yeah, and just looking at that going, that's super exciting. Yeah. You know, like, people were excited at the time, but it was excited looking forward. Yeah, I think that really is the key, because I remember people being... I remember waiting for those, like the, when the Lamborghinis were for, the Sunstreaker, yeah. those pictures, Proud, I remember... The Datsuns, yeah. Yeah, everyone going crazy for them, but I think it's that thing where people move on, so... They were just moving forward with it because that's what it always feels like. It's always that momentum of generations is going forward constantly. And I think that's, that's what's happened to it. And I think it's the same what we're talking about with Masterpiece, like that early era of Masterpiece, the great toys and people now look back on them and they're not so fussed. It's, it's almost like, not that they've been forgotten, but they've just been sort of shoved back. Cause I think that's what's happened with classics in that at yeah. the time it was massive for a bit. And then, but people then moved away from it because mm. it kept moving them away from it. They just, we carried along with it. That's a really good point, and I think that's totally true with Masterpiece. You see it in a way; it's happened again, isn't it? Because you've got the you've got all the sort of pre MP9, MP10 stuff that we've done an episode on, and then you've almost got the the kind of you know the original car bots, and then the plus ones, and and the whole kind of move to animation accuracy. You know, the the style of it all keeps evolving, and it, and it's much the same. You can see it in generations. You know that it's kind of going to a place where. You know, and with WSC is kind of another evolution of that, isn't it? Because that, although it comes under the same banner as Generations, it has its own quite specific aesthetic again. So it feels like another little shift. It's quite interesting. I did see though one thing I will say is that uh, I was I did a bit of an article recently. I came across, I'm sure you both have as well, this uh, you know new trend of people. Uh, taking toys or buying toys from shops and returning them with older versions or inferior versions or what have you in the packaging. Hideous have you seen practice. this? Yeah. Yes, yeah, awful practice. Absolutely awful. I don't know who does that, but they can get f***ed, frankly. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's my assertion of the the situation. But uh, six swearing is one of my favourite things in the world because you sound so polite all of the time, and so whenever you swear, it's always like oh. F- you. And it always like, tickles me. It's one of my favourite did, did you hear his butler gasp in the background? <laughs> I heard his tray shaking. <laughs> Fear. The, the butler's just on hand with a little bleep sound. That's the thing. So whenever <laughs> I do, it's, re- it's ready to roll. Uh, it's not even edited in after the fact. It's the, it's the butler doing it live. Uh, it was the butler did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Got to look out for that. But uh, one thing I noticed was that, and the reason I brought it up, was that um, there were a couple of instances with some of the new Starscream toys like Earthrise or whatever, or Siege actually, I think it was the Siege Starscream specifically, that someone had substituted uh, Classics Starscream from 2006 and put it in the box of the Siege toy. Fair loss. Fair uh, well, loss. this was the thing. So it, it then gets posted online. There's actually an Instagram page. I, I wrote an article about it. I linked to the Instagram page that said, I can't remember the handle right now, the app, but it's really fascinating. And they do, they, a whole Instagram account dedicated to showing these toys that, you know, people have swapped out uh, and kind of exposing it. And it's not just Transformers, it's everything, but there are a lot of Transformers. Like toy on there. Returns, something like that, isn't it? So, yeah. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, it's uh, uh, toy swaps or something. I can't remember. Oh, but that's it's, it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's toy swaps, but it's absolutely disgusting practice. But so someone had done this, put the classic Starscream in, they'd posted it on their Instagram. And a lot of the comments were people saying, 
jokes on them that's a really good toy and stuff like that and i thought great i was like really kind of happy to see it actually because it's just you know a bit of love for something from 15 years ago or whatever and just a kind of bucking the trend if you like i thought that was a really kind of nice sentiment do you know what i mean of like haha you gave away a really good toy uh you know in this disgusting practice the transformers will return after these messages Right, well, it's time for that part of the show where we're going to talk about our sponsor briefly. So it is, of course, tfsource.com, as we've already mentioned. And as ever, we're going to be taking a quick look on their site to see what they've got in stock and available for pre-order now. And there's lots of cool stuff on there. Nothing uh, quite classics orientated, but some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, I've just had a quick gander. And, uh, well, they've got that um, Oculomax Stellaris Promenon. Is that how you say it? I'm never sure. It's a bit of a weird third-party name. That's the Star uh, Convoy, right? That's the Star Convoy. Let's go with that. They've got that in stock now uh, i've just got that in hand that's absolutely a marvelous thing well worth checking out i would say that's uh, huge yeah it's gigantic man honestly i was blown away i had no real conception of how big it was and then uh i think i'd seen one of the the kind of grayed out prototypes or whatever picture at a co- convention or something and kind of saw that that was big but yeah getting it in hand i'm like woof it's a massive old thing and uh very good value actually i think what's the truck mode like uh it's, it's goofy it's goofy. It's goofy. I'm not, not going to lie, but that's Star Convoy, isn't it? It's a goofy truck, man. So it doesn't have the um, the automated, you know, the, the kind of mechanics and mm. that of the original, but still it's fun. So you can't race tiny little cars about the place. Can't, can't do what I once did, which is race Star Convoy versus Action Master Slicer. Uh, that was a lot of fun, just down, <laughs> the, down the old hallway. Uh, but yeah, some good stuff there. What are you looking at, Liam? Uh, well, I've... I'm looking for Liam. Did you notice that one of the toilet bots is actually a urinal? Oh, we're back on this, are we? This is never <laughs> going to leave me alone, is it? <laughs> you could have a toilet and a urinal. You could create an entire bathroom. Do you know how you keep mentioning <laughs> this stuff behind me? One day you're going to come on here and you're going to see just toilets on the wall. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> just robot toilets. <laughs> toilets. <laughs> but there's some cool stuff on there. There's some... Uh, do you know, I keep looking at all the new age stuff they've got and thinking that looks pretty cool. Um. Looking at their, uh, they've got the Galactic Odyssey collection of MicroMasters up again. That's really good. I recommend that. It is. I've got the two MicroMaskers, you know, the, mm. the two little guys, the little green hot rod and the, the orange hot rod. And yeah, I'm like a little bit sad to find out that Hasbro just said, yeah, MicroMasters are a failure and they're dead. So we're never going to get a Rhino, are we? Out, no. of, um, out of Ironworks. There, there are so many of those teams left undone as well. That's. Mm. It's a crime. People don't appreciate greatness. That's what I say. I'll tell you what they do have uh, up for pre-order now is that orange uh, fans hobby power baser, the uh, Fireguts Gojinrai, which I just think looks spectacular. I'm all in for that. Orange God. Is that what they've called it? They've called it Orange no, God. No, no, no. They haven't called it that. <laughs> what is it called? It's just called Orange Power Baser. Oh, no. It's called Orange God. Oh, that's meant to, I think that's meant to say Orange God Armor because uh, it's the... You sure it's not the, Iron Brew? <laughs> I do like orange Iron God. Brew convoy. Yeah, Iron Brew convoy. <laughs> but it's the only fizzy drink they didn't make a prime out of. Well, there you go. Now there is one. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine that Iron Brew? Up <laughs> and that's our TF Source sponsor segment. So there you go. It's ended as professionally as they apparently seem to be uh, destined to do. Uh, so yes thank you very much to them and uh, for sponsoring the podcast once again and uh, do check them out tfsource.com we now return to the transformers you know um we were just talking about how these toys are perceived 
and how these toys evolve and how they're looked at as one step on the evolutionary scale to the perfect fantasy version of it that we might see today. But so MP1 is a great example of, oh, that's the best Optimus Prime convoy could ever be. It's the pinnacle of toy technology. And then we get MP10 and suddenly MP1 looks like a wrongen. And then, you know, it continues. And, and once that happens, once we get to this perfect version and we have this period of shifting from everyone selling off the old one and buying the new one, it almost like it frees these toys to then be assessed once more with completely fresh eyes as a standalone thing of its time and appreciated totally freshly. And I know this podcast has made me do that to so many toys. Alternators, vinyl tech, robots in disguise, car robots, and now, of course, classics. Is this similar? I think that's exactly what it is. I think you've, you've, the whole process of assessment, I think you just absolutely nailed it right there. It's almost like at the time you can't do it because there's comparisons to other stuff going on or whatever it may be. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of convoluted stuff in the air, but you're right. It's almost like these toys, once they take their place in history, they're, they're freed up from all of that pressure and expectation and whatever and they're just kind of free to be what they were at the time in their timeline in the franchise i think that's a a really eloquent way to put it i wonder if we'd see it that way if the materials being used for toys were still the same as back in 2006 whether if all mainline toys now had that kind of dense plastic all of that paint the durability rubber tires and all that i want and you know like you said the the slotted in plastic windows instead of painted plastic around it whatever would we still be doing this or would we legitimately not have any reason to look back fondly on them because everything has been improved it's it's certainly certainly made a difference for me i've got to be honest going back to the ut again i mean i, I was hugely impressed with so many of those toys just for the quality of them and and to be honest it is looking at them versus your typical expectation of what is on shelves right now. And that's not, again, a slight on the toys now. They're just engineered differently, designed differently. You know, cost constraints are different. Manufacturing is different. Lots of factors. But there was, at the time, a lot of things. And we've said this of Generation 1 before, that sometimes, you know, it blows my mind to look at G1 and think there were no repaints, really. Do you know what I mean? Yes, there was stuff like Ratchet and Ironhide that came from Diaclone. But take Diaclone out of the equation actually there were no real repaints really like you had the occasional thing like Grand Max or what have you but very very few and far between and and that still blows my mind today you know the amount of metal the amount of paint the amount of chunky plastic you know all of that but that continued through for, for years actually and even though you do get repaints uh you know through the UT even though you do get repaints in classics actually a lot of the good hallmarks were still there it's still kind of in its its sort of heyday of um, a lot of money being pumped into the toys at that point, uh, whereas now it's a it's a little bit uh, of a kind of different thing, isn't it? Where um, you know everything you know, is classic Silverbolt. Well, yes. <laughs> sorry, Combiner War Silverbolt. Everything Combiner War Silverbolt. Silverbolt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's the it's the genesis of of every toy. It's, it's all starts from there. It is the change, though, isn't it? Like from the perception of what they were. Like if you go back to the Armada toys and G one toys. They're toys. We think of them as toys to be played with by kids. You look at generations now, the perception is it's for adults collecting the G1 cast or the Beast Wars cast. It's very nostalgic, isn't it? That that feels like how toys have moved, doesn't it? Now? Like when you look at Star Wars, people look at Star Wars Black Series. They're not really for kids. They're for adults again. And there's, this, there's been this shift over the years now with the way kids 
go into video games and stuff don't they? that's what they always say now that's more interesting and they're gravitating away from toys so it's like when i picked up um rid optimus again recently and i've had i had that toys for years i love that toy it was great but i was so struck again picking it up like it was almost like i'd forgot how much plastic there was yeah. even though when i was waiting for it one of the things i was thinking is i can't wait to hold it again because it's got that smooth glossy plastic but even then it was so wild and then you put it side by side with say a leader class toy today and you're like they're so thin and fragile and loose but they're they're going for it's a completely different thing isn't it because like we were talking about when you put a picture of g1 ironhide on twitter and someone will go oh that toy's terrible and you're like but it's not a terrible toy it's a fantastic toy it just doesn't look like the cartoon character. So your priorities are something different. If hmm. you're judging the toy as what you want, is you want it to look exactly like something, regardless of how it plays in your hand as a toy. And that's what I mean. Like You'll see people who go, this is a terrible toy because it doesn't have this degree of ankle bend or something like that. You're like, that doesn't make a great toy. A great toy is the fun you have with it. as Or the fun a child has with it, should I say, like what they're doing, playing and stuff. And, and I think that gets lost a lot. And I think you still see it here because... They've still got, like, uh, Star Trek's Norways are massive missiles, aren't they? And hmm. there's loads of stuff like that. There's lots of spring-loaded stuff, and there's still a very toy-like feel to them. Wait, did they fire? Yeah. Classic Starscream's weapons fire. Man, I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, Jetfire's got them as well. They've got the... Yeah, that I remember because oh, no. they were hair-trigger. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the... Uh, over his yeah, shoulders. Yeah, he's got the... Yeah. the over yeah. the shoulders. But he's also got the missile launch on his arms, yes. doesn't he? Yes, oh, that's so the, true. The yeah, clear blue right. missiles. And um, Rodimus as well with the flame. Hmm. So like, but that's I think I think this is a general way, like I suppose it's the same in all fandoms. It seems to have very much be toy companies now focus on collectors first because they've collectors have moved from the really high end stuff like you would think of like Bionic Tech and Masterpiece. They've now moved into the main lines and because everything's gone that way. I love that Bionic Tech is considered high end now. It's <laughs> what it deserves. It's how it deserves to be remembered. Could you imagine how much those toys would cost now, like if they oh, did to manufacture them? Yeah, I don't know, man, because obviously, like Masterpiece Sunstreaker was pushing a hundred pounds, but that was because of the amount of parts and the amount of engineering yeah. that went into it. Yeah, it's the parts yeah. count. But imagine using diecast now and that much plastic, that weight of plastic, and all of those little bits of engineering flourishes, everything like that, and the license on top. Yeah. It's like mm. you'd still be, because even like the Masterpiece cars, they've all gradually gone up, haven't they? Maybe, but you've got to, I think, compare it to something like Skids and Reboost, I think would be the closest comparison. I, I was going to say, yeah, you still Skids is proof that you can still get a cheap or cheapish mm. MP car bot. But I, I do agree with you, though, about Vinyl Tech. Although it's mad that you can still buy them on the aftermarket now for, what, yeah. for 25, 30 quid sealed? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, absolutely insane. I've no idea what classics toys go for now. Uh, maybe I'll have a little look. Who's, well, who's to Henke say? Optimus. I rec- there was On Facebook today, there was a Henke Optimus boxed, loose, uh, but in great condition, like £35, and it's not sold. See, that to me yeah. is like, I would buy that right oh, now. Oh, really? If, I think that is, yeah. Well, it like was right unsold. Now? I, I suspect within an hour it is no longer going to be unsold. <laughs> Are you going to buy it on the pod? Is that? <laughs> oh, I, I wish I could. I wish I could. That, that would be a great purchase. I'd, I'd see it by the time episode 25 rolls around, the way things are right Listeners, now. you are listening live to Maz enabling himself and losing oh, £35. I've already added this this Optimus to my list of must-haves. These episodes are so costly. So, so what we're saying is that you collect classics now. I guess. I want to. <laughs> Wonderful. I really want that Prime. It's such a great Welcome toy. back. Welcome back. It's enablement in action. There you go. 
Absolutely wonderful. I, I'll be honest, though. I'm tempted to, you know, I'm just looking at them now. I'm not going to make it a priority by any means, but I'm kind of looking at one or two of those molds thinking, yeah, that'd be fun to give a go. That hot rod toy Definitely. looks looks fantastic. I the would Mirage love to give a must have. Every right. Transformers collector of any generation should experience Classics Mirage. Well, Do not miss what is one of the most fantastic designs in Transformers history. Don't miss it. It has one of my favorite little transformation tricks, and that's the way the knees flip up and the little uh, exhaust come out from the uh, sort of oh, in the knees. I totally forgot on that. And wow. it's oh, that is so true. Yeah. yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> Keep going, Liam. Keep going. He's get, he's going to be all over eBay by the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> the problem is, yeah, there are bootlegs though, which are in exactly the same packaging as the original classic. So it's it's yeah. a tiny bit of a minefield there, and they're so merciless in how they've replicated because also remember that that mirage was repainted as drag strip and the, uh, fracture i think it was uh, no, the, the fracture is another one yeah yeah That's the so there's, there's bootlegs of all of these as well so it's a super irritating minefield of, for toys of that era to have um to have that obstacle to finding like a, a legitimate original but i think it's still very possible to get do you know, do you know what's really nice is the uh the machine wars repainted do you ever see that oh, one dear? yes i did yeah the, was it the botcon toy isn't it oh. Something like that. I, I think so. I had the clear blue. The ver- Isn't that the very first clear Mirage then? I think, I think it was the is, Botcon yeah. 2007 Classics Mirage reissue. Uh, the, um, exclusive. But the Biotech one. I think that was 2007 as well. Yeah. So it was same year. Yes, they were same year. I think we. The classics we, was blue, though. Yeah, the Classics was. The Classics, I think they were the same year. The Classics Botcon one was a couple of months prior. I remember because we talked about it, I think, in the Binal Tech episode because I ascertained that the um, the, the Binal Tech Mirage was the first clear Mirage. But then we had to clarify that that was at retail <laughs> because, <laughs> because the, yeah, they were the same year and the Botcon one had come out, I think, two months prior. It was the attendee exclusive. I remember lining up for it. I was thrilled with it. My God, it was stunning. does look nice. does look nice. I think the... Uh, do you know what? I'm just looking at the Grimlock toy that you were talking about earlier, Liam. And I think it looks fantastic, honestly. There's some uh, numerous elements on that that I really, really like. I love the way that the head becomes the feet. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, A bit different. Love the way that the tail becomes the sword. Uh, That kind of reminds me of the Pretender toy, actually. Hangs onto his back as well for storage. That's really cool. Love the head sculpt on that thing. Uh, Again, uh, the the gun and the knife uh, on the gun, that reminds me of the Pretender toy a bit, actually, as well. So I don't know if that's... I presume that's an intentional homage, actually, the G1 yeah. Pretender toy. Uh, that's pretty cool. Love the little red paint applications on the on the, the crotch area there and the bit of silver as well. That's really nice. The gold all over it. It's chest fantastic. globe is quite nice. Yeah, well. that's that's my abiding memory was the chest globe. Yeah, yeah, the chest globe looks wicked, honestly. And again, you can... And the head feet. Yeah, the, you can see in the head feet... Again, that there's translucent plastic specifically molded and dropped in there for the light piping. And I think that's, uh, it just says a lot, you know, about that era of toys, uh, that they would, that they would do that, you know, rather than just like, because I, you know, there's a couple of toys recently, generations toys that I've been like super surprised to see are heavily constructed of clear plastic that's just painted mm-hmm. over. Uh, I remember Snapdragon actually, the, the recent Snapdragon being quite surprised by how much um, of it is clear plastic that's just painted in order to get a clear plastic canopy and things like that. And it was like, wow, that's really, 
not very durable either. I mean, it's like mine's already covered in paint scuffs and all the rest of it, just from you know playing with it with my boy. You know, it didn't take uh, didn't take classics long to get there though. I think the two thousand eight Universe two point zero Prowl was one of those that had a lot of clear plastic and the paint just wore off so yeah, badly. It will do. He's notoriously fragile. That yeah, toy yeah, was yeah. that wasn't that was only like one year after this particular line of classics was done. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Uh, I know, so they got rub signs as well, so that's kind of fun. True. Yep, they came back. Wow. Forget all of this stuff, but you realise just what a significant moment in history this really was. They're like proper classic rub signs. Proper classic rub signs. This, it, it's funny, like, you, nobody really talks about this now, but it does feel like where the door really opened to so many things we have now. Like, it starts here, like, really. Because, mm. like, we were talking about how Masterpiece brought back Optimus Prime and all these sort of, you know, G1 Optimus Prime and Biotech brought back these characters. But it's really this toy line where you see them start really chucking stuff in that you remember, like like Triple Changes, Astro Train. Like, I remember my first memory of that is, and it was transforming, it was how I always thought transforming Triple Changes should be. You know, when I was a kid, like the mm. difference, like, you're like, it can move, it can do all these things. And it was just this really spectacular feeling, like, of just, wow. That's such a funny one, that Astro Train, because it, it felt like the epitome of everything that was good and being complained about classics all in one toy. Yeah. So you had the new look of a train. It was a bullet train, Astro Train, and, um, but the back half of it was basically a what the heck is going <laughs> on there, kind of. Oh, it's still a shuttle at the back. Oh, my God, what's Boosters, happening? Boosters, man, to speed right. it up. <laughs> it was like the whole thing had just boxed up and closed around the back of a train, where it's like, oh, it's just a train nose on a box. Uh, so it had the update look, which was super cool. But then it had, the, and of course, it had a quite a stumpy shuttle mode as well. But then it did that really cool thing where the the nose of the, the train or the shuttle kind of turned up and became the tops of his arms. And, and obviously it was white and colored so it wasn't show colors we had to wait for henke to do the gray one before we had our first proper gray astro train outside of the e-hobby and i remember i had the test shot for that um of course i did i had the test shot for that astro train and i posted on tfw i posted loads of pictures of it and it was very near final production and i remember one dude i haven't forgotten this guy he was so angry at me for posting photos of its transformation he said You've totally spoiled the surprise for me. I was looking forward to this toy coming out and figuring out how it transforms, and your photos have totally taken that away. Why didn't you stop looking? How can you? It's like, <laughs> you're a Transformers fan. Something is revealed. No fault. I told Sixo not to show me any pictures of his Jesco spy changes when he got the whole set. Of course that's I've true. stared at them. And thought, oh, that's what the whole set looks like. I couldn't you, you tear myself that. away from it. Transformers fans, man, that's what we're like. Toy spoilers. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not the first time I've heard people mention toy spoilers, to be fair. You know, it's like a, it's like a thing. Uh, you know, don't spoil it or whatever. So That was the era for it, with yeah. alternator test shots and, and these test shots, these classic test shots. That was the time for it. And I remember getting that reaction when I had that Astro Train. I just remember how much I used to enjoy the way the the train nose goes onto the sides. You know, there's like a little dip in the oh, wings yeah. for, for the wheels. Yeah. And that was just such a nice little, like yeah. a really soothing feeling <laughs> connecting them. That, that's what I loved about that toy. It's, it's so satisfying. And the bits that peg away, like into his legs, when you fold up the shuttle nose and it just pegs off, pegs up into his legs and then part of yeah. it becomes his foot. That, that was really clever. And the um, the old wing on the te- the chest is there yeah. again, isn't it? So what? I mean, I, I get that obviously the difference between Henkai and classics, and you know very different decos. 
what's the kind of preference then between those two? Do you think? Because I can imagine that you know, there's the, the, there's the old nutshell, isn't there? The old classic of um, uh, you know, ooh, the Takara version. Ooh, and I've been very guilty of that. Yeah, this was a really big disparity here. Like, yeah, I think yeah, this yeah, was one see. of yeah. the, the Takara version was a real thing here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look at Megatron. Megatron was no longer in Nerf colors. He was in actual Megatron gun colors. Yeah. Well, even it strikes me that the the Henkai versions are, are more kind of classic colors, aren't they? Because as you said, the Astrotrain yes. is, mm. is classic Astrotrain colors, not toy colors. Uh, you know, the Optimus is kind of more straight up G1, kind of loses some of the silver and yellow and stuff, but kind of replaces it with more red and things like that. Mm. And, um, you know, but you did see a lot of that disparity through the Unicron trilogy as well, to be fair. I mean, you had some, you know, like Scorponok is the one I always think of, things like that, of like how different the the Takara version was versus the uh, Hasbro version. Just, in, I mean, an entirely different paint job. And there were numerous examples of that. But so what what is the kind of general feeling here because i don't know of which is preferable i'm guessing it's it's henkai i think if i was to go back and buy these toys if uh when i go back and buy these toys i think um i want the henkai version of megatron and i want the henkai prime i think yeah, i'll right. definitely look at those and i'd love to see what the henkai mirage would look like why the prime though just out of interest uh i think it's um well steve Good mate Steve or 33. He brought his Henke Prime round when I wanted to add the, the Fans Project kit on. And I just remember being utterly blown away by how beautiful it was. And I think uh, that's just stuck in my memory. And that's the one I'd like to experience. It's the, it was the Henke Prime that I recently sold. That was the one. Because uh, I've had both. But the Henke Prime is it's amazing. They're the same toy, but it's so much nicer. Like the, It's more saturated and the colours are so much nicer. And it's... It's here again, though, that you start seeing this thing about this G1 accuracy, isn't it? That that difference between Hasbro and Takara. Because you said there you saw it in the Unicron trilogy because they were more show accurate, weren't they? There's a lot of different decos. But yes. it's here where the, the notion really leans in on they're doing more G1 versions of these characters. They're taking them in that g one that Because like, that whole time, like we were talking about Banaltech, but people were customising everything to look oh, yeah. more G1, weren't they? Absolutely. That, that was really like the focus for those years was everything was... Like what toy hats came up when when the uh, Reaper Martini labels. stickers. Yeah, every that was their motto there, wasn't it? Accurizing that was for ages. That's what they did. Oh like their God. set because they would do like for the generation, not generations, but classics characters. Like they did a whole set to remove Starscream's paint and stuff like that. Everything was to make them look more G1 accurate. But that was really just the phase that was everyone was seen to be going through because, like um, you were talking earlier, Sixer, about how pe- the Unicorn really had like the wheeljack and stuff like that and people would put those in with these toys for years wouldn't they as stand-ins they were like this is a classics wheeljack for ages and there was just this whole time of trying people must craving that g1 look for everything because biotech that was another one wasn't it every g1 paint jobs and everything and Mm. that's changed so much now that we're looking back at it in a completely different way but at this point and that's and takara really seemed to i don't know if they started it as such but it for me, that's where I really noticed it was that having that choice, if that makes sense, of going, those classic ones I've got are great, but oh, that one looks a little bit more like what I really, really want. And they were covered in chrome as well. For okay, me. that's nice. Yeah, the Mirage had chrome on the nose, didn't it? That was always their Achilles heel. That was the thing that always spoiled them a bit is they went too far with the chrome on some of the toys. They did it with animated as well quite a lot with the, yeah. the metallic paint. And you sort of look at it and you go, ah, oh, this it doesn't need this. That was one of the things about the Henke Prime when I got rid of it, is some of it was starting to flake off the bumper just a little bit. That's right, it had a chrome bumper. And the grill. 
And those yes. things have to move and fold. And That's a good point. Maybe I will go classics. Here we go. Get both. Just get both. Truer words, never spoken. There are very significant pros and cons between the two, but they are so wildly different it makes it not a, an easier choice. It's fascinating to me because, you know, again, I've been getting into UT stuff and kind of going back through it. And and I guess when I started that, I had in my head, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be limited by just getting to Cara or whatever. You know, I'll kind of assess each figure and think which is the version that I like the look of, you know, particularly in the case of stuff like um, Energon Megatron, you know, which is a very different toy and, and whatever. But if I'm honest, I quickly realized that in every case, it was the Takara version that seemed preferable to me just because they're closer to the show or they just look nicer. You know, that was and that's just my personal opinion. That's not like me, you know, laying it down and saying that how, that is how it is or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, with classics, it's a, it's an interesting one, I guess, because I, I can see the appeal, you know, particularly with stuff like Megatron. Definitely Megatron, yeah. Although that said, there is a kind of a... A, a quirky appeal to the nerfy colours mm. as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's its own thing of its time. Yeah, it's it's sort of classic in its own right. I don't know. Part of part of it's me. not a downside now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It, like I could see that it would have been at the time. Totally, you would yeah. have been like looked at the two of them and been like, "Well, I want the grey one because that's you know, that's G one Megatron." But but now I don't know. Looking back after fifteen years, it's kind of funny to look at that nerf megatron and think that's kind of cool actually like i kind of kind of like that i kind of think that's fun we've got to talk about some of the toys specifically though haven't we i mean yeah. we can't do this episode and not talk about that that jet fire but but before we get there the packaging yeah okay they're very big bubbles on cars but they have this thing that i've never seen replicated anywhere else which is there's like a little flap that fold yeah the little fold out card yeah Fulcro as well isn't it it's yeah. like you pull it up and it's on the front of the card so it's mm -hmm. like mirage's vehicle mode and you flip it up and it's a robot isn't it but it's the velcro it's just a really like surreal sort of sticky thing isn't it that was cool now that you mention yeah. it yeah and you could keep it obviously is that just classics or on henkai as well that's classics. Just classics. Henke had this amazing artwork, didn't it? Like, really nice drawn art of the characters sort of transforming and stuff. Beautiful, beautiful packaging that was. But yeah, the classics one was... It's just a really neat feature that I've never seen anywhere else on anything else. I remember a lot of flames. Yeah. Yeah, in, like, the insert packaging. Loads of flames in the background. Like, everything was on fire. Everyone was just, like, running out of a burning building or something. what it felt like. Yeah. But, the, but with the classics packaging, just before we get to the toys, that's one of the things that sort of homogenized so many other toys that they put in there like masterpiece prime and all those other things reissue Soundwave. yeah reissue Soundwave. the pepsi prime you remember the, where they made oh, a whole yeah. new pepsi prime but they've all got that same packaging and it's mm. this whole sort of era i do know some of that packaging i mean like I, so i had the the um uh, the 20th anniversary prime but i can't remember the name of the version now but that was the the classics one wasn't it that was from there yeah. um it's so weird that you know some of those toys kind of getting released in that era. Um, and was it the Walmart Starscream was part of that as well? Yep. That's I right. So. It was, wasn't it? The the Masterpiece Starscream, and I had that as well. Mm. Uh, or, you know, so that's, yeah, I guess toys that did catch my eye at the time that were technically part of that line, but not really, I guess. Uh, and, I, you mm. know, I still have the Pepsi Optimus Prime now. Fantastic. Is it the reissue Soundwave there that's got the Sound Blaster chest? Yes. Is that the one? It is, isn't it? And it's got that fold-out, that box where you open it up and there's like a pop-up thing. Right. It? Yeah. Because you still see that about now. It's still That's like... the one I have. Oh, is it? Yep. Uh, 
So we've talked about a lot of stuff, but one of the most important and best toys in this toy line is that Jetfire, isn't it? Yep, 100%. I was uh, blown away by it at the time. Even though I could barely get it to stand, it was fantastic. It's got very funny feet. Yeah, and uh, a, a Valkyrie-style head. It's the yeah. first time we got a Jetfire with a replaceable helmet, which kind of took it from show-accurate Skyfire. first time we had a show-accurate Skyfire head, and what a head sculpt it was. What a standout head sculpt. And of course, he had like a Valkyrie-style mask. Not not particularly accurate, but like a masked face with a visor and an antenna. Like, unthinkable. And it's part of the transformation as well into the jet mode, the mask. Yeah. And stay, it stays on. It's the only classic toy I still have is that Jetfire because it's so good. It still stands up now, but there is so much about that toy that was amazing at that time. Because I remember for me, it was almost like the first time I saw Masterpiece Prime, I was blown away. MP1, not MP01, but the, I was completely blown away. And I remember the first time I saw the Jetfire in person, I was walking past the Forbidden Planet and it was in the window. And I was just like, Yellowing. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the first time I saw it, it was just, I was, my mouth was like a gape because it's that, it's almost a cartoon style Jetfire. Because at that point, we'd yeah. only had the G1 top, which is nothing like the cartoon. So mm. this was the very first time seeing anything even remotely like that, wasn't it? Yep. And it but it had so many nods to the original toy as well. And that's one yeah. of the great things about... Super mode cannons and yeah. armor. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. one of the things that's been lost in generations over the years is that fusion of different stuff. Because it's also... The robot mode is very cartoony, but it's actually inspired by IDW's Stormbringer, wasn't it? The Don Figueroa drawing. That's where the robot mode details come from with the big cir- circular shoulders and stuff like that. I didn't realize. Yeah, so there's a lot of weird stuff like that. It's, there's so much in there in that toy and it's just an amazing toy isn't it it's got it so is. many so many features i actually read about that um comic cover for the first time tonight i mean that design is one that i'm i guess so familiar with now just sort of second hand i've never owned the toy you know never handled it um so yeah you it's remedy uh, that it's fantastic yeah yeah well I, I might well do although i did read that it's actually not don, don figueroa that that designed it it was um i know it was on it was on the comic cover but it's it's on the wiki saying apparently specifically it was not designed by don figueroa apparently that's the common belief um but that's actually not the case but uh but i definitely plan on picking it up i said i think you posted some pictures of it recently liam right and i think in your, yeah, yeah. your little in your hangar setup it looked absolutely amazing in my private hangar bay yes yeah exactly exactly so maz is now showing off pictures of it or attempting to yeah that's gorgeous I love that Jetfire toy. I was so stunned by its head sculpt. I, I didn't think oh. there could ever be a nicer one than that on a, on a Jetfire toy. But they've managed it since, amazingly. And again, it's another one where the Henke one is more show accurate, isn't it? But um, And I kicked myself because the last TFN, I think it was in demand, was selling boxes and boxes of that Henke Jetfire for like 20 quid. And at the time, the Siege one had just dropped. I know it had the Classics one, so I was like, ah, I'd be wasting money. And now I regret it because... It's so pretty. And we also, it's the first one where we got the Dark Skyfire, isn't it? I do remember that. The the one I got before that was the Dreadwind in the Botcon set, which was glorious. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking at the Henke Jetfire now. 20 quid for that. Oh my God. Is that right? I know you've not owned it, 6 but it's one. It's so cheap, you can still pick it up now, but it's well worth it because it, it's got so many of those like Unicron trilogy things, but, but with a leap forward with articulation and stuff. So really loud ratchet joints on the shoulders aren't they and the way the mechanisms move to move the arms down for jet mode and of course it's got like macross g1 style feet that open out 
the way that G1 jet fires do. Yeah, but they only open like slightly, don't they? Yeah, That's the kind of thing. Very, they're not <laughs> the best feet to stand a robot on, especially with his backpack on. But oh, taking those photos that Six I was talking about earlier, every time I went to take the photo, like he'd just fall over. Yeah. It's like he was doing it on purpose. Like the slightest movement just caused him to topple. But it's just, it was so exciting to see that for the first time. It's like I was saying earlier, it just suddenly felt like things were on the table that you would never have thought of before, like to get toys. You see, now you mentioned those rocket launches. I, I remember them so clearly on his arm now. Like, absolutely, yeah. But it's, it's that, isn't it? Because it's still got the armour like of the vintage toy. And that's one of the fun things. It's it's a jet fire where it's very much a mix because that fast pack on its back isn't yeah. like the cartoon at all. It is yeah. like the toy, but sort of on steroids, isn't it? The way yeah. it sort of slides open and flips over the shoulders. Like so yeah, I love it. It's just an amazing, amazing piece. And it spins around as well. There are so many like little thoughtful moments in it like that like where they know what you're going to do so they've put it in rather than leaving the feature out so you'd have to rip it off and try and fudge it into the way you want it not it's bad just... for a filler line no and it's it's amazing because like we we're saying about the optimus being amazing but jetfire really feels like that to me that's the banner toy of that toy line that's the one of of everything because it's just that special and yeah like the henke version paints part of the cockpit you know to look more show accurate and it, for me at the time, that was one of the first times I was really seeing like Takara go show accurate to G1. Because I think it is the first time. So there's a there's a there's a mint in sealed box Henke Jetfire on eBay right now in the UK for fifty one pounds. Is that I presume that's good? That's not bad. I'm just I love seeing him excited about a, a classics generations class figure on air. Live, <laughs> gonna buy no, it no, no, during I'm not, the episode. I'm not. I'm not going to bid on it. I'm just. I'm just more curious. I was just actually just trying to uh, sort of ascertain the prices and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And sort of get a read on where they're at these days. You know what it is, Mars? Is next time we record, we're, we're looking behind him. This is this whole shelf just full of classic toys. <laughs> but see, now that we've said it, he, he won't do it out of spite. <laughs> he won't, just like you wouldn't buy any Biotech out of spite because we were telling you, oh, you're totally going to succumb to this. You just I'm not as refused. weak as you guys. <laughs> he says with a R.I.D. Prime still on his desk. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed the uh, the trip hazard that is your collection is encroaching even further on you this week. <laughs> That's like an entire panel of Cybertron. I think it's alive. <laughs> but more toys. What about the one you want to talk about? Rodimus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that was one special to me because I remember at the time something had happened. I can't remember what, but I remember my girlfriend bought me it as a gift to cheer me up. And I remember just... Being it's completely... going to be football related, isn't it, Liam? <laughs> no, I think I'd been for a job interview and not got it or something like that that I wanted. And hmm. I remember I was being, I was sat in the market square waiting for her, just feeling miserable. And she came around the corner and she had a bag and she was like, I know you're feeling a bit fed up, so I got you something. And it was a classic Rodimus. I was just like, oh my God. That Jimmy, no end. As did the pub that I went to straight after, but mostly the classic Rodimus. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a return to wedge-shaped futuristic hot rod car, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because he'd been a truck in the Unicron Trilogy, hadn't he? But that's been the only time we'd seen him again, hadn't it? Yeah, the Unicron Trilogy one was much was very much a Rodimus as opposed to a hot rod. Hmm. Yeah, because we're still in that phase at that point where people were still like, oh, Rodimus killed Optimus Prime, this sort of thing. So seeing a new hot rod toy was just fantastic. And 
it's not a real car mode. It's it's very stylized, still, isn't it? It's yeah. I think it is based on some sort of concept, isn't it? But it has stuff like that. The gun turns into like the Batmobile style flame thing, and the right. missile is the flame, isn't it? And, is that the first time they did that kind of molded missile sort of effect weapon in Transformers? Was that the first occasion that that happened, or did that exist in UT as well? Because I, I seem to remember UT had these really like uh, standard long thin style missiles. Uh, yeah, generally speaking, they did have some of that, as opposed to so molded how? So it was basically molded to look like a flame, or or snot, mm. depending on which angle you viewed it at. <laughs> So like blue that, chewing gum. That's all right, chewed like. Yeah. <laughs> so they'd actually, instead of molding a proper like missile shaped rocket, it was molded to look like a flame, but it could clip into the, sorry, it would uh, go into the launcher and you could fire it out. But yeah, that's uh, the first uh, time I remember that happening. A, a lot of the UT missiles, just from my experience anyway, are quite generic. You know, you, you could easily yeah, okay. not, not know whose is whose. You know, there the, a lot of just kind of fairly standard, straightforward missiles that um, certainly I've, had it where i'm like oh which one is this you know it's just really mm. the color of them that more than anything that helps to identify them so you know about its most secret special feature i do not the secret the flip out pizza cutter i remember being completely wowed at you know it's a reference to the movie obviously and that's as good as it gets as as a reference but at the time that was completely new this idea of them referencing strange little gimmicks from the movie like that it was definitely the closest to a G1 hot rod we've ever had. You know, yellow wing on the back, even like alternators Rodimus didn't do anything remotely like that, did it? Yeah, but the way it transformed, it's like the bits popped out of the chest as well. The way it slims down, but there are like little details underneath and stuff. And it's just a really, really cool toy. That's a toy that people will complain about its articulation now because its elbows are basically just a hinge and the things are a bit limited, but it didn't need it. It's another toy like that where it's got really, it's got this just, it changes the way you look at Rodimus as well, because in the movie he's so slender and mm-hmm. like human-like, isn't he? Almost he's got the emperor. He, he's bulky here. Yeah, he's very. He adds blocks to that sort of svelte and persona, and it just—it's a really nice take. It's something different, and I, I really appreciate that about it. It's a lot. You of... notice the details on his shin that sort of reference the G1 triangular stickers. Yeah, that's a really cool touch. It's like we're talking about with Jetfire. These guys in particular, I think the rate. The reason those ones are so special is because there's such a fusion of different ideas that you recognize mm-hmm. from different places. Optimus is a new version of an old thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas these guys feel like a lot of different influences thrown into it. The same with Mirage, with Optimus, he's a new version of something you recognize. And that's what's so good about classics, I think, is it wasn't one theme. It wasn't like every toy had the mm-hmm. same end goal just in different sort of ways. It was, there's so much, like the Triple Changer, the Dinobot, and everything like that. There's everything in there, and I think that's what's so good about it. Yeah, I mean, if it was just a case of updating it slightly, Bumblebee and Cliffjumper wouldn't end up with a caravan. <laughs> yeah. See, they get that weird little wave crusher as well, don't they? A little jet ski that turns into a weapon. Like a backpack. Yeah. yeah. And a, some sort of knife thing on their arm, isn't it? I always lost mine. Every time I had that, I could never find it. But even that's still a fun little extra touch that you don't see on modern toys because now they just get a tiny handgun that looks like something from the cartoon, not them trying stuff. And that's that's one of the things I appreciate about that. Even if I didn't, even if I thought it was a bit crap, I'm like, I appreciate them trying something different. And Yeah, that whole um, taking a piece of the vehicle mode and adding it to the robot mode somehow, there was like a small element of parts forming there, not quite not unlike what you get with RID sideburn. I can remember Mirage's uh, front wing, the nose, 
would detach and you could, he could hold it in his hand, but he could also mount it on his back in this really nicely placed thing because that toy probably has the s- slimmest waist of any Transformer <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Maybe even slimmer than Prime Starscream or, or Soundwave, whichever's re- I, think, I think they were pushing the limits of reality with that one, aren't right. they? There's nowhere else they can go. But then you put that wing on his waist and it gave him a little bit of uh, bit of width there. Yeah. So that was always a really cool feature as well. But, but there's so much of that here. Like with, with the wave the wave crusher, that's what they call it, the little jet ski thing. But one of the things, I remember the first time I got that toy and I did that and my first thought was, it was like, wow, this is like, it reminds me of the Action Master because it looks nothing like that. But the spirit is there of him having like a backpack that can help him fly. And so, and that was this, this theme throughout the, that's they that's maybe one of the things with the toy line then is the car mode is completely is like a new version of you know like a small car mm-hmm. and so this wave crusher is like a new version of him flying and it's in homage to the action master in spirit and that's one of the things i always liked about this is everything's in spirit rather than being like an exact hitting you over the head so, so to speak i was gonna say is it the first time a bumblebee toy has had a proper humanoid face but that's wrong isn't it because pretenders bumblebee yeah. Uh, classic, classic pretender Bumblebee had a... And the you know, Action like, Master. Yeah, so I was going to say that, but no, it isn't. But still, it was nice to see a Bumblebee it like was that. A, it would have been a great point if indeed those other toys didn't exist. It would have been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been wonderful. So if, yeah, so if it Stupid wasn't reality. a lie, it would be true. <laughs> yes. Right. And it would be such a wonderful truth as well. If it, wasn't if it a was lie. factually correct, it would have been an excellent point to make. <laughs> yeah, right. But it is, I think it's the first time we see Cliffjumper as just a red Bumblebee, isn't it? Is that, is that the first time? But it was definitely the first time Classics Bumblebee had that face. <laughs> yes, that's true. What, you were saying it's the first time Cliffjumper has been a red Bumblebee? No, but I mean, I think it's the first time we just started seeing him constantly knocked out. as Because there was a period for years where he didn't get his own head. It was always just whatever Bumblebee was, he was just the automatic yeah. repaint for a long time, wasn't it? Even in the 07 movie line, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think this is where it really starts, is there, as I think in the classics as well, because he was the only toy I didn't initially pick up because I'm like, oh, I don't need it. It's a repaint. I've already got hmm. the Bumblebee. At this point, I was at that phase in my collecting. Right. But yeah, it's very much that early, because if you remember like the early like universe stuff, you'd often just get repaints where it's exactly the same, same head, just in a different color. And they go, it's this other character. And you go, no, it's not. And Cliffjumper felt less like that. But at the same time, you're like, I could just give him a new head. <laughs> Let's um let's touch base with Sixo again at this point in the podcast. Yeah. How are you doing, Sixo? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. He's he's buying all the classics. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's on his phone. He's getting all these eBay alerts now. No, I'm not. I've briefly checked my phone a minute ago. You know what's you know what's going to happen is next week we're going to get a message saying, "Oh guys, something something happened." My cat at that episode. I think we need to redo it. And the next one is going to be all him talking about his experiences with classics. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> right, guys. Here's, here's classics in the bag for you. Do you know what I mean? I'm a real expert on them now that I've bought the whole line. No, I'm not going to do that. I've got, as I say, I've got no, uh, I, I am, I have, you know, quickly looked at a couple of prices and stuff, just more out of interest or anything. I think they're the kind of thing that one day I might look at and think, yeah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Maybe sooner rather than later, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they look they look fantastic. Has any element of that feeling come from the significance of those toys that we've ended up sort of stumbling onto in a way? 100%. I think 100%. I think looking at them, as we were talking about earlier, you know, for their place in history, I think that's a big part of the deal for them. I think that's a big part of the attraction. Looking at them 
I suppose knowing the knowing the experience that I've had with the Unicron trilogy toys and seeing that actually they're really nicely made, really nicely painted, really mm-hmm. nicely finished, great you know gimmicks, and seeing that actually that exists in these characters as well, that does make me really interested to to kind of check them out and to see what it's all about. So yeah, and and I, I suppose just the sort of for, forgive me for using the word, but the classic nature of those toys now, as we said, you know, the fact that there are like Jetfire, Mirage, you know, that these are now celebrated versions of those characters. I'm so glad Mirage squeezed into that celebrity list. <laughs> Sixth of the VIP list. Well, no, Transformers VIP. Certainly Maz's VIP list. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the fact that they they are such celebrated versions of those characters, mm. just it does make me, yeah, keen to see what it's all about for sure. There is something quite magical which, which i think you would appreciate six because you, you like the unicron trilogy toys you you get they are toys and they're fun because these are the generation's toys that feel like uh, you know having g1 characters but in that sort of unicron trilogy sort of rid's style if that makes sense like with the yeah, yeah, thicker yeah. plastic and that kind of tactile touch the way things transform with the really loud clicky joints and stuff like that where it's not all about hyper articulation and looking like exactly like a show and so i think that's i think that's why they stand up so well now and i think why you would appreciate them more is because of that because they still feel like toys but they feel very much of that ilk another concept to do with classics and again correct me if i'm making facts out of not facts but (laughs) that's that that starscream mold I mean, does that still stand as possibly the most repainted mold in Transformers history when you think of how many different versions of that Seeker jet came out? I mean, because we, we just got Starscream and Ramjet in the Hasbro line, and then there was the three Botcon exclusives of a Thrust, Dirge, and Thundercracker. Of course, we've got Skywarp in the two-pack. Acid Storm was at, uh, came in the Generations one later, didn't he? So was that the first ever Acid Storm? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because uh, it was Generations, wasn't it? It wasn't Universe. I don't know about that, but I remember we even got a Nacelle eventually out yeah. of this. You know, a Nacelle. Was this not where we first got the Rainmakers as well and all the lows? In, like, I, the club, I feel I like there are tons of these because then there was a clear version as well. There were all sorts of uh, Japanese exclusive versions. Then, of course, Thrust, Dirge, Thundercracker, they all came out in Japan as well. That, that that's a, there's a, there's a, I've got a fun memory of this as well. So you remember they released the Thundercracker in the Botcon box set. Was it Games of yep. Deception? I think it was. Yep, Games of so, Deception. That's right. I don't know if you remember, but a few years later, when we were into the Generations, when it was actually called Generations, they released the Thundercracker, and I remember this was one of the first times I saw like a fandom storm and somebody trolling. And they did it masterfully. I'll never forget this. But um, I think he started a thread on the TF Wiki saying he was suing Hasbro. And then some guy signed up pretend to be his lawyer. And people really bought into it because <laughs> because Buckcon had released this Thundercracker. Yes. And then Hasbro were released one in Generations. And it just took on this life of its own. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. Because you could see people typing. But you could just imagine them going like absolutely red-faced. They were so angry at this guy who was saying, I'm suing them. And he just kept posting stuff like, yep, yeah, my lawyer's been on the phone. He's done this. But people really bought into it. And oh, it was amazing. You've got to be really careful when you use the word exclusive with fans. You've got to be really careful. It doesn't come back to bite you in the arse. But people were so mad about it as well. That was one of the first times I remember people being legitimately angry that like a retail version of a toy existed. They were like, I wouldn't have got this Botcon toy. And you're like, it's like, yes, years? you would have. And you would have yeah. flipped it on eBay a few exactly. days later for like $200 profit. That's exactly what you would have done. 
So I just checked on tfu.info, which is always a um, very handy resource if you're looking to find out about repaints and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, they... Anthony's a big supporter of the show as well. Cheers, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, he is indeed. He's, he's hey, a good, dude. He's a good dude. I like talking to him on Twitter. He's fun. But he does a, a very remarkable resource and uh, it, you know, mm. great place to look up repaints and things like that. So he lists uh, about classic Starscream uh, that, uh, that it was, uh, let's see, recolored into classic Skywarp, Botcom 2007 Thundercracker, Acid mm-hmm. Storm, uh, Universe Classics 2.0 Starscream, uh, Henkai Ghost Starscream, Generations Thund- Thundercracker, Shattered Glass Thundercracker, Bitstream, Botcon Hotlink, Botcon Sunstorm. Mm-hmm. We've then got Aces Skywarp, Aces Thundercracker. I don't know what they are. Yeah, three yeah, packs. And Aces it, Aces Asia packs, exclusives, yeah. weren't they? Again, sort of more cartoony style, weren't they? Amazing box art for those. Do you remember? Absolutely stunning. But he's not even listing the re uh, the retools into well, thrust dirge and ramjet. That's separate. That's separate. And then you've yeah. got the the collectors club Starscream Generation Two Starscream. Uh, then there's oh, remolds. Yeah. Then there's remolds, which is ramjet dirge thrust generation action thrust. master thundercracker. We didn't. Oh, you remember that dirge oh, again? God, yeah. Ramjet uh, elites dirge elites ramjet elites thrust nacelle, and <laughs> yeah, one of those must be. Uh, that must be yeah that that ramjet must be the G two ramjet I guess. So it must be up there yeah. the most repainted retooled mold. But do you remember all the time. KOs as well? Do you remember all the yeah, KOs yeah, in yeah, random colours? Absolutely yes. <laughs> I mean, we got tagged the other day, didn't we? With someone who um who thought they had the legitimate ghost star scream, and it turns out that they had a bootleg of the of the ghost star scream. But yeah, that toy was I felt like this is where it went. And that Prime has been repainted like so mm. many times. There are crystal versions. And I just remembered the other day. In- the blue one. The blue one, yeah. For the powered convoy cap. Yeah. And the gold lucky draw. Do you remember the gold lucky draw? And I saved some pictures of that just recently. I just saw it again the day before yesterday when I was looking at toys. And uh, so, Classics molds, they got around, man. Like Mirage was drag strip, it was uh, fracture, it was you know clear Mirage. Then we got this other sort of all clear Mirage from Henke as well, didn't we? With some chrome bits on it too, and then a bunch of bootlegs of those as well. Ko Toys website, I remember they had was it CHMS? Was that the people who did the Ko? Wasn't it? Because um, yeah, I remember they did the Lambo mold a few times too. Yeah, because I had the uh, Skywarp and Thundercracker, the Henke versions. Do you remember those? Yep. And how they were dead on cartoon accurate. And I remember having the CHMS versions of them and they were horrible. But um, there was just this fervor for them, wasn't it? It sounded like mm. everybody wanted more. It was one of those toys where everybody wanted every single version that could possibly exist, like Black Death Starscream and stuff and like that. And look how that's translated into Siege Starscream now and just yeah. the way people have gone crazy for those more recent Starscream molds. That's where Hasbro took the lesson from, was yeah. that classics mold and how many things but that starscreen one is the enemy as well because that was the first one i bought but yeah you were just talking about that prime out of that mold we got a powered convoy and we got a fire guts god jinrai i mean the kind of desire that people have for modern day primes to be repainted into those toys and this mold had them it's crazy and we even got what we even got a train robo shuki out of astro train didn't we i think that prime is that not where we first see is it toxitron the purple one the shattered glass ones, that's where oh, they start. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's so true. So the classics line didn't really have fiction, but it had a buttcon fiction, didn't it? The club fiction. Mm. Which gave birth to this is where Shattered Glass comes from, isn't it? Is from 
classics from their fiction. Isn't the star screen like? Isn't there um, like a a white star screen with Jet Firebot Firebot logos? Yeah, oh, something that's, like that. Yeah, yeah. But this that's where it splinters from was their timelines comic, which was all classics based, and that's where they would start doing the redecks because I think that's where the purple Optimus comes from, mm-hmm. and that's where he was. I think it's Toxic I'm sure that's his name. Just one more quick memory before we finish. Do you remember how that Skywarp and Magnus two pack? Which was sold in the UK was just Woolworths. suddenly became super desirable everywhere else. That's that's what I was talking about with like uh, the cliff jumper. It's always we always say this, don't we? It's always the toys you don't expect to be. And I remember seeing that on clearance in Wolves for ages and all sorts of places. It was so low, and people ignore it. But then I remember the Skywarp in particular always yeah. was super high. Yeah. And then um, the Ultra Magnus, obviously, because that's where Fans Project do their upgrade kit. Because they did it. Cliff Jumper was the first one I think they did, wasn't it? They did like a bumper and something for him. And then it was City Commander, and that's where everything sort of seems to take off because they did the Rodimus Prime one as well. Yes. And then was it the Shadow Scythe version of the the Dark one? Because yeah. you know, that Rodimus got repainted into Sideburn of all things and tons of other things, yeah. Not bad for a line of 11 toys, right? That's what I mean, like when you talk about even like the birth of third party there'd been other third party stuff but that's really where it takes off wasn't it city commander is the one i really remember where things went yeah and so yeah there's, there's so many things this toy line does and it's amazing it doesn't get its due right and that's going to do it for our episode on classics we've had a great time talking about it and I, we hope you've enjoyed it too as ever, if you think we've left something important out, then do let us know on social media. We are at triple underscore takeover on Instagram and Twitter. And we are triple takeover, one word, on Facebook. We're on Patreon as well. So yeah, as we mentioned earlier at the start of the show, you can check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And there are many, many tiers. We keep referring to them. I know uh, you can be a butler and get all kinds of exclusive content like minisodes and things like that. Sixos Butler, that's the top tier. Or, you know, you can just go for one of the lower tiers. Uh, you can get things like uh, early access to episodes. You can get outtakes and bloopers. Uh, you can get uh, the ability to ask questions and things like that that uh we'll even just give you a little shout out on the podcast so loads of great stuff in there depending on what tier you go at uh so yeah absolutely fantastic do sign up and uh yeah we're getting more people all the time uh we've got some thank yous to do tonight don't we mess yeah um our sixos butler uh list has grown considerably since last time pretty much guarantee that was the omnibot minisode that did it but one of the benefits of that tier is that we give you a shout out on the show and Remember, like we said last time, please do get in touch and let us know if you'd like to be referred to differently. But a big thank you to our six O's butlers, Nick, Jonathan False Logic Howard, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spider Father, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Timu Toivonen, Mike S, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, and Justin Masaru. What a list. We love those guys. Amazing names too. I'm totally going to take that recording and put it to some sort of beat or something like that. I really feel like it could, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's something there. You could get a little groove going. I mean, it's nice. Something from 06. Just imagine what that's going to sound like in uh, a year's time. Fingers crossed. And there is one more important and very exciting thing because Six Hour has been doing incredible work on a Redbubble store. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a bit of merch going. Uh, thank you, Liam. And yeah, again, it's it's Redbubble. 
dot uh, com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover bit of a, a longer one that but yeah worth checking out we've got uh, again loads of merch up on there would really uh, not just you know to get some cool stuff but it does support the podcast as well and just kind of enable, enables us to keep going to keep going uh, there's t-shirts on there mugs uh, there are aprons there are clocks there are loads of stuff honestly and and when you go on there coasters see- baby Coasters. Yeah, coasters, man. It's all about the coasters. You'll see that there is a very kind of slightly silly interface on Redbubble where it doesn't immediately show you that the fact that all of the designs that we have are available in so many different formats. But if you kind of click through and look at the menu on the left, you'll see that you can, you know, there, there's a lot more, more that meets the eye, let's say. How's that? So. Does Michael Bay just slip that one to you? <laughs> yeah, you get royalties for that, I'm sure. So, uh, Also, just worth mentioning tfsource.com as well, of course, uh, our sponsor for today. Thank you very much to them. Big shout out to them. Do go and check out tfsource.com, as we've already mentioned throughout the episode, for all your Transformers and third-party needs. Very soon to be cleaned out of Classics and Henke, I suspect. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they got some up on there. and Check it out. You know, if they're thinking of buying it, they won't be able to because you guys will have already bought it. <laughs> Sure. I say you guys, I mean us. <laughs> all three of us. So, uh, Maz, where can people find you on social? I am at TF Square One on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I am at 6OTF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'm Tom Box Soapbox. I'm on all of those things other than YouTube. Feel free to follow me if you like football, toys, and rum. Thank you for listening, and I love it when a plan comes together. Big thank you to our six O's butlers. Nick, Jonathan False Logic Howard, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spider Father, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Timu Toivonen, Mike S, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday and Justin Massaro. What a list. Heavy, dense, strong, sturdy, robust. It was like, whoa.